Real Death to Us Recap. I'm Britt. And I'm Tim. And today we are recapping for you Married at First Sight Season 16, Episode 9. Partying Ways. Partying Ways. And before we get into the episode this week, a few things. First things first, this is your friendly reminder that reviews, particularly written reviews, go a really long way for helping our podcast become more visible to more potential listeners. And we issued a call to action last week, and we said, whoever gets to be the 75th review will get a shout out on the pod. And you guys heard this call to action. (laughs) And we very much appreciate you. And today we are shouting out MGRU75, who says, love the no-nonsense opinions. Great listen during my Sunday breakfast or lunch. A plus, 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 plus. I don't know how many. I'm not good at math. But that is just the sweetest thing. We love it. We love hearing a Sunday breakfast listen. Sunday breakfast listen. That's that's delightful. That's so sweet. So thank you, MGRU75, and everyone else who wrote reviews for us this week. Means a lot. And secondly, we need to talk about the fact that we have had another cast member reach out whilst the show is airing who is listening to the pod and would like to chime in. So we want to give, we did verify with Jasmine that we may read this message to you all. She says, regarding Duchess and the puppies, the puppies were only in the crate for filming purposes and Duchess didn't move in with us until after the puppies went to their homes. Also, regarding my comment about him being with the puppies, making me more attached to him, in that interview I was listing things that attracted me to him. And of course, they only chose that one part. Eye roll emoji. It's what I signed up for, though. Face palm, laugh cry. Obsessed with your podcast, though. You guys are great. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we and then there was a little bit of back and forth. Poor Jasmine. You can tell she's taking like tons of heat from the passionate rescue-only internet crowd. And then, obviously, she's been (laughs) getting flack, including from us, about how um, easily it seems for her to be complimentary to Eris when he is not affording her the same thing. But we did go back and forth a little more, and she kind of acknowledged that, and I just validated her and was like, we love you and love that you came in with an open heart and do not think that that makes you stupid. So, and just to reiterate that, that just because in real time we are, you know, calling it as we're seeing it on this edited television show doesn't mean that we don't also, like our biggest thing with Jasmine is just like she deserves so much better. So it's hard to watch him get all these flowers for stuff that he does not deserve when like the queen is over here not getting the appreciation she deserves, but not that she is like dumb or, you know, I mean, she's going about it how you're supposed to. And it's just not working out because she got a lame match. Let's be honest. This is true. <laughs> There's so much. I do want to just bring something up that I was talking about with my mom, actually. We were talking about how clearly 
whether we all like it or not, attraction poses itself, sexual attraction poses itself as one of the biggest barriers over and over and over again, season after season with these couples. And yes, there is like, there are lots of valid arguments to be made as, and we've made plenty of them here about, you know, if you are coming on this show, you are agreeing and signing up for a certain kind of social experiment, which says you're owning that the way things you have been doing and the way the standards you have been holding people to or not holding people to are part of why you're here. And so you're willing to like take a leap of faith and let other people see what they believe is best for you that maybe you wouldn't be able to find yourself. So that's like a given. And yet we need to acknowledge again, I feel like we do at some point every season, but we haven't really like fully talked about this in this way yet this season. Attraction does really fucking matter. And in the real world, attraction is one of the first things that brings people together, period. And it's not um, it's not a leg enough to stand on by any means. It's ephemeral. It's not the end goal. But we were just talking about how it's hard enough in this social experiment with how time limited it is. Because like we were saying, yeah, attraction, the stories you hear of relationships where attraction grew. It's not that we don't think that that's completely possible, but that usually takes some significant time. Not eight weeks. I.E. was that Shaquille's friends who were like, oh, yeah, we didn't even see each other that way for a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. um, Hello. And so it's not that that's not possible and a beautiful story, but is that a fair, like you set couples up. It's already hard enough to go into an accelerated eight week experiment and see if like. It's possible to become life partners from there. And there is this part of you that just has to ask, like, but why wouldn't you want to just make that a non-issue entirely so that they can focus on all the other stuff, which is hard enough? And I mean that with the really specific shit, right? Like the I am very much not attracted to redheads. I am very much not attracted to bald heads. We can have our opinions on like, damn, that's superficial or like, wow, imagine the people you're missing out on because of that. But there are certain things on like a visceral human level that you can't actually fully control about what who you're at least initially drawn to. Mm -hmm. And like, again, because of the nature of this experiment and how short it is, it's like it's I think there's a fair argument to be made about. I mean, set these people up with like yeah so 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 you're saying essentially maybe almost like why don't they prioritize this a little more yeah maybe change it from yeah change the focus to be more have them more compatible physically physically in terms of what they asked for what they're into yeah and let the rest shake out how how it is? I, I mean, wonder, not make the rest irrelevant. I know not irrelevant, but that being kind of the more leading thing that we go with here. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think that's an interesting point, and I yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think I agree with that. I it would lead. It, it makes me wonder how the show would develop as the weeks went on, mm-hmm. and if we would get more 
if we would get more people maybe saying yes on decision day, but then can, but then breaking up after, or just how it would play off. Yeah, play up. You know. Yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, it's really theoretical it from that that perspective. But yeah, I mean, part of it is like the things that the problems that they're coming in with are not the people that I've been dating look wrong. It's right. the people that I've been dating are wrong for me based off of a number of different factors. But you're obviously pursuing people that you're automatically attracted to. Right. So you're still going to have the same issues. Exactly. That you are. But just but get, make just it a little not... bit easier. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Just a thought. So with that said, shall we begin? Let's do it. So this was housewarming week. It was. This is when we are bringing a couple friends and family from each side into their new spaces. It's their first time hosting something. And the housewarmings were very, um, it was a cozy affair. Yeah. They. I feel it was only two and two. I feel in like. In years past, yeah. we've had like party Double. parties. Yeah. Um, I agree. A little awkward. At times, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're going to just, we got to start with Dom and Mac. We have to. We have to. We picked this episode up with Pastor Cal, still present. We right, know we're we getting off. an intense moment because this, the music, musical instrumental to start the show was <laughs> ominous. And um, yeah, it proved to be an ominous conversation. Yeah. Okay, so Pastor Cal poses the question of how we are feeling about all of this in this relationship moving forward moving forward um mckinley has already said that it's obviously not working but it would be a little premature to end things right now and dom's response is i'm just kind of over it which is a very serious thoughtful response to such a serious question yeah she's totally shut down Yes. You know. And I love how Pastor Cal immediately puts her on the spot and says, what do you mean by that? Because it's very flippant. It's a flippant thing to say. It's a flippant, vague thing to say. It's not clear. It's not direct. It's not speaking to a feeling or a solution or literally anything. Yes. So essentially, we get a roundabout version of I want a divorce. Yeah. Okay. Then Pastor Cal decides to put her on the spot a little bit more and questions if 25 was too young for her. Yeah. And she disagrees with him. And he goes on to say how marriage is a, you know, a continuous peaks and valleys, bumps in the roads, and they are essentially quitting after the first bump in the road. Yeah. So. And he does. He tells her, like, I would really encourage you to go like really explore yourself and figure yourself out before you try being in a serious relationship again. And it is, it's just interesting. I feel like one of my big takeaways was feeling like no matter what I watch, whatever I, no matter what I know I am watching, like a scene with them in it, a conversation, I'm fascinated by how Dominique in retrospect, always twists it to where, like, she is extremely victimized in the situation. Like, even the way I just felt like the way Pastor Cal even addressed her age and where she's at in life right now, I think he did it extremely respectfully 
very delicately. I don't feel like he was pointing a finger and like calling her immature, even though like that's obviously it was nice and more um, effective for her to hear him out language. But then to hear her like in her whenever she's doing retrospective interviews or even an after party. And I'm not going to say I don't actually I do believe that there's some stuff we didn't see and we'll get into that. And I know Mm -hmm. it'll drive you crazy that I'm giving any of it merit. But um, bottom line, all of her retrospective talking is always everyone ganged up on me. Everyone start like um, everything got petty. Uh, everyone was judging me for my age. It's like I, I just feel like she kind of will like make these blanket statements after. So it's not I clearly insecurities are coming up when people uh confront her but I don't feel like I think it's interesting for someone who talks such a big game about being communicative and how comfortable she's been really rifling off all of her issues with Mac from day one and and then basically looking at him and going what I'm just being honest like how you know and kind of acting um shocked that he can't be quote like adult enough to like take criticism and yet I'm not I I feel like I've yet to see a circumstance where she can really take in any real constructive criticism at all about how she's handling anything. And she turns it around like it's always a personal affront on her. Just like, I don't know, like this insistence on I'm actually saying that we're getting a divorce. So I I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but like. She brings up in after party how, well, I'm, I, and even in the group thing, she says like, well, Mac made it clear he had a lot of issues with me that he wasn't feeling comfortable, like making a decision about or like owning in front of Pastor Cal. Then she says the same thing about the group. That's why I spoke up for both of us. And I just feel like that is so convenient. Yeah. It's just so convenient. Like what I'm sort of feeling like is you were criticizing him a lot pretty much every day since like a day or two into the honeymoon. It finally got to a point where he gave you a little bit of pushback and he was like, Hey, this is actually getting to be a lot and I don't love this and this isn't feeling good. And that she grabbed onto as just like justification to bow out. You know what I mean? And then like, okay, so the last day, he had had it and started being uh, open about the ways that maybe you're not meeting his needs and you aren't what he was looking for. A, we know that was coming from a hurt place. And B, pretty interesting, like your ego gets centered and called out a little bit for one day and you go, you know what? I'm just over this. Let's just get a divorce. Yeah. It tells me like, oh, my gosh. He only gave you critique for like a day or two. And now you're like, oh, I'm fuck this guy. Like, I already thought he sucked, but this is great. Now, you know, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do get what you're saying. And I think I think it needs to be acknowledged at the top that. McKinley. I want to say this for my part. McKinley is not without blame in the situation. Absolutely. Okay, McKinley, just because he's in his mid 30s does not mean that he can have 
immature moments. That he can't have. That he can't have immature moments and not be petty. Yeah. That goes with, I think that goes without saying, but I want to say that because this is going to get, I have. Mucky. It's going to get mucky with this, with this whole situation because I just, I have a hard time. This whole episode played out where we had several different people call into question her readiness based off of her age and the way that she was that she went about Behaving. ending the relationship. Right. Okay. The the way she talked about it, the everything. Yeah. Pastor Cal calls it up. Ask it. Mom calls it out. Tries to yeah, pry and get seriously. tries to pry and be like, did you Mom really give him a chance? Does did not you? fully agree. Exactly. The whole group tries to say something about it. Yeah. And which gets characterized as a personal attack and pressure fest. And then by the end or end of after party, after party, the great let's come on the show and clean up our image. Right. Which we have not heard from Mac. So I take everything that I heard in after party with a grain of salt, Mm -hmm. because that is an opportunity for one person out of the couple to come in and talk about their perspective and their side of it only. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But if we're going to do that, Mac needs to be on the show also. Yeah. And I'm tired of week after week after week of Dominique only coming on this after party and giving her side. And then by the end of it, everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, go live it up. Right. I just, it's just. Well, what else are you going to do? I I know. But what I'm saying is, it's just, I think it's lame. Yeah. It's not like. And I want to say one more okay. thing. Let's also remember that we have repeatedly said we don't think Mac is the fucking prize of the year here. Like yeah. we have said from day one that we have misgivings about him. We're not sure about him yet. We don't really understand this living situation and this dog situation and this job situation. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. And that, and I have specifically said I would be probably having some little red flag moments with my girlfriends. So I have never said Mac is like the ultimate prize. I just continue to go back to he's still a human being who you had a pretty great instant connection with and an initial attraction with. And emotionally, he says he's like, He's ready and he's here and he wants to put in the work to see if this could work. And it's been the way that she has treated him as a result of him not checking everything off of her list that I have that we have both found to be the problem. That's what has been unacceptable and that we've been criticizing, not even necessarily all of the things that she has identified over time, but it's the way that she has gone about those. She hasn't really created any room to just like let it all be and get to know him as a person inside out. It's yeah. been more of a, a checklist vibe, you know? And that and then now we're here. And I will say, like watching her in that divorce conversation with Pastor Cal where she was like shut down, I did have some empathy for her. Because I felt like I was watching a young person, an emotionally immature person, be, like, really embarrassed and just completely shut down and, like, 
confused. Like she she got herself into a corner with her pride. And now she has to like. Now she has to stand there like she made her bed and now she's stuck in it. And I don't think it feels good to her, but I don't think she can like she realizes she can't quite get out of it at this point. So she's got to just double down, double down. And I, I mean, I sympathize with her as like a young person who got in. I'm just like, damn girl, like you got in way over your head with this whole thing, I think. Yeah. And then what happens as a result of that is the flip flopping and, Mm. the you know, just all of this. So let's, we've kind of been all over the place. After this, we have, after this Pastor Kyle conversation, we have a lunch with mom. Mm-hmm. Mom's disappointed. Yeah. Kind of puts her on the spot. Definitely asking some leading questions. Asking some that... leading questions. At this point, all we have, you know, a day later, all that we see, all that is shown us on TV of her explanation of why is essentially boiled down to McKinley is petty. Right. Is is the reason she gives mom. Yeah. And mom kind of pushes back and asks if there's anything that she would have could have done differently. And did he really have any time to change anything? Exactly. And her response is, no, I guess. No, there's not really anything I could have done differently. And I didn't come into this process to change anyone. I'm just like, this is such. I get that. But it's continual signs pointing to. A 25-year-old. And yes. there's nothing wrong with that. Right. If I would have been in this position at 25 years old, I probably would have reacted very similarly. Like, that's the fact of the matter. I'm yeah. sorry. It just is. Yeah. It's the fact of the matter. And, you know, I get a little bit where she says, you know, she expected more. But people are, people are like, human. It's just... It's not making space for a whole person. And you know what? There is probably someone who's a better match for her. I just don't know that she's even ready for it in this moment in her life. Because with this kind of mentality that's just like, there's no room for you guys to be different, disagree, maybe bump heads a little bit as you adjust to each other. Positive vibes only, quote unquote. I just don't see how that will be sustainable with anyone. If we characterize anytime we disagree or we recognize a difference in ourselves, if we always characterize that as negative vibes, then you're pretty fucked with uh, the human race. Well, and and I'm going to go back to the fact that mom signed her up for the show. Yep. That's important context to hear. And she says, you know, she doesn't want to, she didn't come into this trying to change anyone. Well, what you're not going to get on the show is a fully no baggage right, mid 30s mid 30s person who's just ready to who's perfect who's perfect and ready to go. Right, you're just not like everyone's going to have baggage. Everyone's going to have a sense of humor that you don't like, a bald head you don't like. So you add all this stuff up, and obviously we're here where we are here. Yeah. Um. Their next big thing is that the group, the, the group hang at the luck. end essentially devolves into this. Max starts it off by deciding to just throw a little grenade in the middle of it by asking if anyone has had sex yet. That was bizarre. It was very, like, you could Mac. tell the way that he was sitting back and saying that. I was like, I will, I do agree with Dom and what she said yeah. on After Party. He was 100% stirring the pot and came in there with a bad attitude, being like, this is over. 
And now let's see if I can make other people feel uncomfortable. Well, and plot twist. We find out in After Party that him and Eris were super close, which mm, like point docked for me, for you, Mac. Uh, But we find out that they were super close. So Jasmine's actually pissed because she's like, he would have 100% known exactly where we stood with sex in that time and like how hard it was. So like, fuck him for bringing him that up essentially and putting us on the spot first because he knew exactly where we were at. And like what you think I want to hear my husband say for the 15th time that he's not attracted to me in front of a group of people. Yeah. So that was kind of lame. I mean, that that has me looking at Mac a little cockeyed. Like what were you? What? Uh, But yeah, so he announces We'll get to like everybody else's little moments from that as we walk through the couples. But eventually, Mac announces that last night they decided to divorce. And she goes with the same perspective again, which is, well, he had made a lot of negative comments about me. And I'm positive vibes only. So I just really believed that it was better to end it now before it gets toxic. (laughs) he says, I don't agree. I personally felt blindsided by you suggesting divorce. I felt like it was premature to do something like that. And my big issue that I was like starting to speak up about was the belittling that started on the honeymoon and like the lack of compromise, blah, blah, blah. And of course, after party, Dom says, that actually before they walked into this um, community potluck, they had a conversation. And Mac asked, can we just tell everyone that this was a mutual decision? And Dominique was game for that. That's a mistake on his part. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, and then he took it back in real time. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Don't lead with that if you're not going to be fully on board with that. Yeah, it's like that's kind of strange. So he obviously realized as they started sharing with the group and seeing the group's reactions, maybe. Yeah. And like their surprise and their disappointment, he decided, you know, never mind. I want to tell them what really happened, which I get. But like, then you shouldn't have asked. Don't make don't put that out there. Ahead so the of time original ask not... was he thought that was going to make him look better, and then he switched strategies yeah, in exactly. real time. Not not okay, <laughs> not okay. Quick note: if we live our lives one hundred percent in the vibes world, we're not going to get anywhere in life. I'm so <laughs> tired of vibes talk. I, I I just I want it off everything. I, I want know, the merch taken down. We all say it. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm I'm not going to be a part of a, a society. That that only that vibes this much. This is what always happens when anything becomes more common. It eventually gets to a place where we all get sick of it, and then we have to work it out of our vacuum. Take it off your coffee mugs, off your okay. Target T-shirts. I'm tired of hearing or about don't vibes. or don't. No judgment here, but I don't like when I feel like the word vibes gets battered and bastardized. Yeah, bastardized. Perfect. When like with any word and this is well and this is my big issue with Dom is like the overuse and over justification with like any words that are wellness or therapy adjacent as a way of like 
avoiding all responsibility. Yes. That's, that's what ultimately, drives me You nuts. said it better than me. Okay. That's, well, that's don't what shit I, on everyone That's here. what I mean. Let people have their fucking vibes t-shirts. You can have your vibes merch. <laughs> but yeah. So, and then you've got people jumping in. So Clint immediately is like, I just really feel like throwing in the towel is the easy way out. He encourages them to take a step back. Everyone is like, don't give up on each other so quickly. Everyone's really shocked. And I think that the people that are the most jarred by it are all the other couples that are definitely still struggling right now. Yeah. But they're like, wait a second. This isn't. But we we have all this time. So, so like Gina's like, wait, this is an option. Yeah. The couple doing <laughs> this obviously gives them all pause and freaks them out, triggers them or you know, hopefully doesn't make it easier for the next one to do it. But um, then you have Nicole say, Dom, I love you, but I really think you're going to regret this. Like, I just am trying to play devil's advocate. Is there any world where taking time apart and starting fresh could help? Dom says, maybe. Everybody cheers is Max brows go up like you can tell he's a little surprised by that. And I literally wrote, what do you think of that? And then we end up back in the apartment to find out that, of course, she didn't mean any of that. She said that because she felt pressure. She felt that, again, we get the same words like pressure, petty, judgment. I mean, look, do I understand everyone's eyes are on you and like you're feeling in the hot seat? Yeah, but... You know, you all signed up for this freaking shit together and you're bowing out early. So, like, it it's perfectly reasonable that you would answer to them. It doesn't mean that you owe them anything. But, like, you guys went into this together. So, like, you can't tell me that, that, what, that the way Nicole did that wasn't, like, the ultimate expression of, like, loving confrontation. Yes. That was such a healthy way of you know and whatever there's some people that just can't take that and clearly we find out i just think it's absurd that nicole had to like profusely apologize that she overstepped when i think that nicole just thought that they were that close at that point because they were all doing this thing together yeah and mac gives his thing about oh right yeah the battle the back and forth is such a young thing to do he said it's a young man or young woman's game, and I'm not playing that one. Facts. Or she's There's playing no it way or around that. That is that is a true statement. Right. And I guess it, it's weird because Oh, and she says Nicole was giving her a glare. Oh yeah, she didn't Please. like Nicole's glare. Please glare? miss me with that bullshit. <laughs> See, and those are the things that make you have to have pause with her extra stories that we haven't witnessed. Yeah. Yeah, Doesn't mean I, they didn't happen, but it means that they're very much coming from her perspective. And I do feel like you have to take it with a grain of salt. Yep. Does anyone else think Nicole glared at her? Would love to know. Continue. <laughs> I ha I have a really hard time it, just to zoom out for a second and just am just going to talk about it at, from, a, from them deciding to get separated point mm -hmm. of view. I have... A really hard time with this decision in general. This is this was not an Alyssa and Chris situation no. where you have someone being so cruel. over the top cruel. This is not a Chris and Paige situation where you're finding out 
that this guy has got a fiance, maybe not, maybe a kid. Is that sure? Of my child. You, yeah. <laughs> this is a situation. There's been no major trauma here or no. hurt at all. No. And that's why I'm so offended. It's is too baffling. strong of a word. Baffled by this decision because in my mind, this is an opportunity for you to try to learn about yourself moving forward. Yeah. And I would have so much more respect for the situation if this decision was made in two or three weeks. Yeah, even. exactly. But we haven't really, we've had one counseling session. At the end of that counseling session, we said divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, we just really have not given this a go. And it really bothers me. Well, and this is what I'm personally scared of after, like, what happened with Chris and Alyssa uh, was an anomaly in how early that happened. And I worry, of course, Chris and Paige was a shit show because they let that shit drag on the yeah. whole season so that they could get paid. And that was absurd and a waste of my time, too. But I'm using that. I, she would have been fully justified to leave three days in with all the shit that exactly. Chris was pulling. Yeah. Well, and my bigger, my point to piggyback on what you're saying is, I think I worry that once this starts, ha like the fact that this happened, because think about it, San Diego, Morgan and Ben, I got some Morgan feelings mm. a little bit, it's still a different situation, but where it's just unreasonable and rigid and so soon that it, it it's just, you just have to ask yourself WTF. Uh, I just hope that I, I mean, it looks like it's already becoming a pattern. Because once you start seeing people jump ship earlier, it makes it easier for you to do it next time. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. This seems like something that Virginia would have done to Eric. I wrote down Virginia, too. I was, yeah. like, getting Virginia, Morgan, Alyssa vibes. Like, sorry, vibes. Yeah. Um, mushed into one person. Like, just elements of each of those things. So she says, I wouldn't mind being friends, you know. Which again, I'm sorry. I'm this is, sorry. These are all these childish are all immature things. things. Like, why would he want to be friends They're with you? All childish things. Yes, to say. the things I'm that you sorry. say when you're younger and more out of touch. I'm sorry. You can't I know. keep using that excuse if everything that you're doing and saying is replicant of someone in their mid twenties. But she's in it, and so she, that's offensive to her because she oh wants to think gosh. that she's like special, mature. Hashtag old soul. She then says she feels like a carcass in the middle of the road and the petty jabs thrown at her and the, you know, these just aren't things I want to incorporate into my life. I just put nonsense. This is all nonsense. Like we're just talking out of our ass right now to like be the victim of the situation. And I guess what I will say, so she, she says she reached her limit. She's going to go soul search and piece herself back together, which again, I'm just like, after two weeks, like, again, he didn't wrong you. Like, he really didn't. Like, what am I missing? What? I just, I just, um, I guess the only other thing with after party is like the one thing that she said that seems like it's possible. And we've already said this, but like, I guess I'll describe in more a little more. So like, like I said, I think a day or two before Pastor Cal Day, he reached his limit, you know, with the move-in day and yeah. stuff. And he started also listing, well, you know, you think you're so great and you make me feel like shit. Well, like, you're not everything that I was hoping for. 
And I'm not saying that that's right. And we're never going to have, I guess we're never going to see footage of those conversations where he did list those things. But I mean, I guess I'll say I I believe that there were some convos like that. Mm-hmm. And I the only thing I'll give her with like, you know, constantly adding these stories that supposedly change everything that would be frustrating to get into Pastor Cal if he just said a bunch of stuff that like is bothering him about you a few hours before. And then you get into it and he's not being honest about that. Yeah. But I guess I just go back to, did she even give him the chance to? Because she always took the lead in these conversations. She would always cut in and go, well, Mac has a lot of things about me that he's made clear that he doesn't like. And so, and so me too. So I'm saying this for both of us. So I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself out of this as I am trying to process it with you. They're all... Do you just call bullshit on all of it? No, I I think that might be true. But once again, the larger perspective of this is that we are choosing to get divorced over bothers and and people calling each other petty. It doesn't add up to me. Like, the whatever these conversations were, it seems like he was just at, at the very least meeting her where she was with the energy that she was giving him and telling him the things that she didn't like about him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know how could it be much more extreme than that? Right. They're not going to show us anything. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm sorry, but I had to roll my eyes at when Keisha asks if she would have, if anything could have stopped her from like feeling like divorce was the answer. She said she would have not asked for the divorce if Mac had been more confident in that meeting with Pastor Cal and said something more explicitly like, you know, I know things are really hard right now, but I really believe in us and I think we need to keep going. If, she, if he had been more confident, she wouldn't have said that. So again, she keeps trying to put this on him and as if really she was just being a good Samaritan by making the decision that Matt couldn't make for himself. And I'm like, no, you couldn't handle sitting in the discomfort for 24 to 48 hours that you weren't the only one with issues with someone in this couple right now. And the fact that he had the audacity to have some issues with you, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I, 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 because that just is ridiculous to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It'll be interesting to see what their participation level on the show going forward is going to be. I hope very little. I hate when they. Okay. Oh, and this reminds me, there was a tweet this week that I think we posted that I absolutely love. If I think that if couples are not going to live together, kick them out immediately because they have broken the guidelines of the social experiment they signed up for. And can we replace them with a new couple? Mm. Please. Yeah. Maybe like if up to a month before decision day, that is possible. That would be a fun wild card to add to like to change something up with the format as it is. And it raises the stakes a little bit for these couples. Like, do you really fucking mean it? Because, because I think that the dragging on and or 
there's comfort for them in knowing they could still keep getting paid by showing up to every stupid potluck for the next seven weeks. Yeah. Even if they do this. That was the most annoying part of the whole Ben and Morgan saga. Yes. It was like, why are you here? We don't need you on the show anymore. You're not. And Alyssa would show up to shit too. And it was like, what are you doing here? The question on my mind is, did this divorce end early enough for McKinley to still get 50 grand from his mom? <laughs> Do you think that that's I like a prorated the, amount now? The ship sailed. Maybe thirty-five grand. There's I don't no know. way he's staying in Nashville, right? No, I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. Time yeah, go tell. back to where the cannabis is legal. Yeah, Michigan, I think. Okay, okay. Eris and Jasmine. <sighs> oh, man, another depressing affair. Yeah, so he's at. He's we open with him at brunch with Felina, the rude ass cousin. And it's just bizarre to me that like he's taking this time to tell her about his sexual uh, life with Jasmine or lack thereof. It's awkward. I will say um, I was analyzing Every facial expression that she had to him. And by the end of this, I felt sure that she's not attracted to her cousin. I don't think she has a crush on her cousin. I think that she just. A disclaimer we wouldn't know we would need to say at some point (laughs) in the season. I really think that it's not a crush, but it is like. I mean, obviously, she really is over endowing herself with importance. And I still think she's being really judgmental about Jasmine. But it's interesting because I didn't disagree with a lot of what she was saying to Eris. And it reminded me of the first time they spoke, how at first I was like, well, hey, she's saying she doesn't think he's ready. And I think we should listen. I feel like she knows something. And then we turned on her when she wouldn't shut up about it and let it go. And then when she was mean to Jasmine. So it's like, I still found myself like, I mean, she tried to fucking tell us. She still is making it about Eris, mostly. She's saying, you're not ready. You need to either act like a husband or walk away. But I still can't stand her. And watching her in her interview after, her big takeaway from all of that being, again, that Jasmine is fake, it made no sense to me. I was like, he made it clear that Jasmine says that she doesn't like it, but she's trying to give him room. Yeah. I agree. It's, I just can't, I will say it is interesting and maybe I forgot about this or maybe this was learned for the first time. She is his only family in Nashville. In Nashville. Yeah. So that is an important. It gave a little perspective why he's giving her so much weight. The issue I have with all of this is the fact that they had a conversation meaning Jasmine and Eris, had a conversation a day before this lunch. And Jasmine made it clear that she did not want Felina. Felina I thought it to was come. the day after. No, it said a day before. Oh. oh. And they were talking Crucial. about who should be invited to this. Right. Eris is like, Felina, Felina. And Jasmine refuses to write yeah. the name. Then, so after this brunch, they have a debrief. Eris goes on to say, yeah, I invited her and she didn't want to come. Wait, 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 wait. Why are you inviting her if your wife doesn't want her there? I know. I thought Jasmine had an opportunity to get way more upset than she 
was that was a moment this. where I wish she stood up for herself and said, because, hold on a second. No, I'm no, your no, wife. No. We just talked about this a day ago. You just have no respect for the boundaries I said that yeah, I need. And that was not, I don't, that was not addressed in after party. It went fully over his head. I don't even think it he went, knew. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. We need to stop and like pause on this and, and talk this through because this is unacceptable. Yeah. And then he starts trying to defend Felina's perspective. No, it's just, you know, she speaks a little more like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And you just like, you know, she just thinks you speak calculated. It's just different. It's just you're different. I'm like, Eris, stop. Please stop immediately. That like none of this is positive. This isn't helping anything. Uh I just, yeah, it was it was so clear that he completely disregarded Jasmine in that entire thing. Like through and through. Yeah. And the only reason that she wasn't coming is because she refused to, which you can tell her Jasmine. Yeah. So for the housewarming, Jasmine's sister and aunt come over and then his two guy friends, Mike and Reggie, come over. There's a big group. We kind of start off with a group discussion here about like, how's everything going? Mm-hmm. And he gets into the whole cousin thing again. I know. And finally, after a while, we finally have someone come to Jasmine's defense here because all of this seems like we are blaming Jasmine that Felina's not here. Right. And I'm like, does anyone? How about we include that she didn't want to come and she was invited anyway? Yeah. And that wasn't okay that she was invited anyway. Or the fact that she's been talking shit about Jasmine. Right. Ever since they got married. Yeah. Would you want someone there? Cousin or not? Yeah. No way. I know. I just, this whole segment baffled me. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't super impressed with the way this time was used. I was kind of disappointed that we spent so much time talking about the dogs and the bed. I'm like, shut up. She has a king size bed and she is a single woman. Like we have room for dogs in our bed with a king, like king size beds are big. Like, she didn't say that she'll never change that or she'll never be open to doing anything differently. And then her aunt thinks that, like, the best way to use her time was asking Eris if she wanted to get rid of the dogs, like, how would you feel? And I was just like, really, auntie? Like, how about asking him, like, what are your fucking goals with my niece? Well, she kind of got to that at the end. Right. When she said, Jasmine is in this, are you willing to put in the effort to try and fall in love? You're right. You're right. Yeah. I was just annoyed when that first came yeah, out. Yeah, I was yeah. like, seriously? <laughs> um, and all he had to say back to that was, we're going to try and see where it goes. I'm so convinced Ner- Eris has never been asked a difficult question in his life. Like, it's it just seems seriously. very clear that like, he has not gotten to this place in relationships very often. Yeah. And doesn't know how to answer these questions. Yeah. And I don't know. I just He's just used to like clearly like he lives a very compartmentalized existence. Like women are for steamy sex and not much more. The dudes are for talking this certain way, which as you'll recall, we've heard him say some heinous shit such as get on your knees, et cetera. I think he's got like a lot of masks and he really doesn't know how, what to do with like a stand up woman who wants to go deeper with him 
and wants to have both sides, like friendship and sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he knows how to do it. He is one where I think um, sexual attraction, he's one where I don't fully believe him. And I think he has a bunch of walls up for other reasons or like he thinks it's that, but it's not actually that. It's other stuff. Mm, that's a good point. But she, I just, I'm so sick of her having to have this conversation with people. Like, she has to talk alone with two of his male best friends about how they aren't having sexual chemistry. And he's been very clear that he's sexual and he's not into me. So, and she's still trying to be like, but, you know, I'm trying to have hope. And, like, Felina would probably call that fake. And I would just say, like, that's her trying to be hopeful. Yeah. Period. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, and then, I mean, I guess it just, like we said, like it comes up again in the group hang. And I mean, you can just tell she is done. Yeah. Like she's so over this and she's hurt and she doesn't want to hear about it anymore. So obviously, like we said, she was pissed that Mac brought that up to begin with. And she's very like, you know, frankly, I'm attracted to him and he's not to me. And I've never had to initiate this in my life and I don't know what to do at this point. And then you have like people jump in and try and provide encouragement and like Kirsten and Shaq. Shaq's like, she wasn't attracted to me, you know, but it'll grow. And she's so not feeling heiress during this whole time. Yeah. At this point, she's like, you've demoralized me. Like you've humiliated me. And she doesn't even know the half of it at this point in time, you know? So I don't blame her for feeling that way. Uh, And then she did come on After Party. And something that I thought was interesting that she brought up on After Party is, you know, I'm noticing, I feel like a lot of the feedback he's getting is, Just sleep with her, man. Exactly. And she goes, look, that's not what I would say the solution is. It's not that. It's, it's, I wish they would say like, woo me, try to get to the point where we want to do that with each other. Yeah. You know? Uh, So I appreciated her saying that because it isn't just as simple at this point as just sleep with her and see what happens. That would actually, this is a great example of like, that would be wrong at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because you shit on her so much that yes. that would be very incongruent. Uh, like, you should be so lucky if you could get to a point at this point where she wanted to do that with you. Anything else on them? Nope. Okay. Clint and Gina. Clint and Gina. We start off with a disc throwing activity in the park between Clint and Your his favorite. friend. Uh, it's so hard to make throwing frisbees look cool. In my opinion. <laughs> I agree um, wholeheartedly. It's just uh, him and Chris should call each other. He should join the association of Nifa. Nifa. <laughs> he needs to join Nifa. Call back to Boston. Second I thought, Boston. I thought that the friend was helpful in mm-hmm. this. You know, they were kind of talking about attraction, getting over the hurdles. Um, I mean, overall, Clint. Seems to be doing all the right things right now. Yeah. He's really seems to be putting in an effort. Yeah. And it's nothing that we've heard from Gina makes it seem like that's not like there's other stuff happening, actually. And yeah. Like he's, you know, like 
I just feel like this was a good week for them. Like, look, yeah. we might be, it might be two days of delusion and then we're going to find out so much more next week. But I personally took away from this episode that Gina really took to heart what Pastor Cal yeah. kind of put her on the spot about in their session. I would say this maybe was an example of like the opposite direction that this could have gone for Mac and Dom. I'm not saying they're the same couples, but they both went into their their respective sessions not wanting to move in together. And they both took very different paths after that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sensing like some openness and some humility from Gina. And she's acknowledging that you know, she was overthinking everything and that Pastor Cal made a lot of good points and that she has lived alone for years. And so there was a lot of stress about, you know, accommodating two people, which makes me go once again, Gina, is that not the experiment you signed up for? <laughs> but I can respect that. OK, she's acknowledging it triggered all of this discomfort that maybe she didn't even expect, but that she actually pushed through. And I mean, she says we're hopefully creating a new life together. I mean, I can't totally tell if I believe her. No, I, I mean, we'll see where they end up on the 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 power rankings this week. But um, yeah, uh, it's she's demonstrating self-awareness, mm -hmm. compromising maturity. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Right, right, Interesting. right. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. And she, I mean, she even like is not, they're not beating around any bushes. Like they're sitting there and she makes a joke about how like, here I am refusing to move in. And now I've got like the most shit of both of us in the house. My shit's everywhere. Da, da, da. I don't know. I just, there's like an ease between them. They seem like they get along. They have her girlfriends over and then he has two girlfriends that come over and in hearing how Gina, I mean, it seems like all very comfortable and positive and he's in his sweet spot with stuff like this. Yeah. He does very like, well. He's this. very good at this. He's very good at playing he can work a room very well. Yeah. I can get you drinks. I can move this, this, and this. It's very easy for Gina's friends to come in and see positives right off the bat. Well, and I oh, just want to say something okay. real fast. Okay. Because it made me think this couple has more reason to get a divorce right now than Mac and Dom. Right. In terms of the explosiveness of uh, their exactly. issues that they've had. Yeah. The, the, the things that they have said about each other right. seem to be far more damaging and, derail and derailing of a relationship than pettiness. Yeah. So it just props on them for actually trying yeah. to make this work. Yeah. And for now, they come into the potluck thing and Gina just seems very happy. Like her synopsis of their housewarming is like, um, Clint is an amazing cook. And our time was like, four ladies and Clint and like he killed that and he was so fun and he was bringing us our drinks and made an amazing meal and he can carry a conversation with anyone and realizing like oh that's something I would have never thought of like I would love like that's actually really fun to have a person that can hang with the girls and yeah. like talk about what we want to talk about and 
I can attest that that is a gift to have because I consider you that, which I'm sure it doesn't come as a surprise to anyone considering this is our podcast. Uh, but everyone is like proud parents for them. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, and, and it's just nice. Something went well for them. It yeah. seems authentic. Clint goes on and on about how much he yeah. wants to know Gina. He wants to dive in <laughs> and know the crusty depths of her. Like, <laughs> He's like, I want to know what five-year-old Gina wanted. And then I want to know what 35-year-old Gina wanted. And I want to know the crusty everything. And the <laughs> and it was actually very cute. Yeah. And Nicole gave him props for it. Yeah. I have to say, hilarious that Clint calls out the fact that Gina's dog is a ginger features? Yes. Which, and she seems to love the dog. Which my dad brought up two weeks ago and we forgot to bring up last week because it's a great point. It Her is. dog is a ginger. Okay. Yes. Or a redhead. Whatever, whatever you suits you. They have some they have something, is what I'm saying. I feel like and I feel like there's potential here. Yeah. Maybe this is as far as it goes, but I think this week is proof that there was. And is potential here. Yeah, I would agree with that. I can't believe I'm saying that, by the way. Me neither. From like, whence we came. Can you really? Okay, Kirsten and Shaq? Yes. Once again, I feel that we are getting, th this couple is getting a little bit slighted. I just feel like they're getting the least substantive time. Yeah, best housewarming in my opinion. Mm, yeah. In terms of, I just thought it was like, the perf the, the the people they invited over were perfect. I liked the way they curated that to be two yeah. married couples on purpose. That yeah. was a good idea. And I just I feel like for the first time I got to see them interact with each other yeah. in a fun way. They felt very like as a couple. As in a their couple. House. As a couple. And even though we didn't get much screen time, I was like, oh, okay. Now I'm seeing how you guys function as a couple. Yeah. Now like we're getting personalities coming out. Yeah. And like this is fun and this yeah. is encouraging. I was shocked that she just brought up. So obviously the friends are pushing like, has anything gotten heated? And one of the friends is like, I'm not getting kiss energy yet. I'm like, bitch, you knew. Like yeah. you're Shaquille's one of his best friends. You already knew that you didn't kiss. They haven't kissed. But interesting or very much that Kirsten just openly to the group well, I'm not a good kisser, so that's why we didn't really do kissing on this honeymoon. What an intro! Like once again, we are back I'm to baffled. the kissing. We are back to the kissing. But it's an interesting thing to say because you could just say, you know, I'm funny with kissing and I like to save it. I, I, I like give it a significance that not everybody does. You could say that, like almost act like it's your like pre virginity or something. Yeah, but. The choice to, like, it doesn't, it's, it makes you look at her like, huh? What's wrong with you? It's not, it's not a flattering thing to say about yourself, is what I'm saying. And so with Kirsten in particular, it actually just surprises me the way she keeps really openly saying this and owning it. Yeah. I'm just confused about. What does it mean, though? I don't know. I don't know. I never has, Is like, she a bad kisser? Never has a, uh, or the does saga it scare of her? kiss ever gone on this long with someone because it's like that's not true no but and we're getting so many different like you mean reasons for why not 
Yes, not like never has no one kissed each other for that long. Never, we're getting so many just different signals about True. kissing writ large. I'm just like saying I'm not a good kisser is a really interesting thing to It was own. like the first time we'd, we're not kissing because he didn't ask. Or we're not kissing because he's bald headed. And now I'm not kissing because I'm a, not a very attracted to him. And now I'm not kissing because I don't actually, actually I don't like kisser. kissing and, or I'm not a good kisser. Well, and look, and like... what if it's really <laughs> the whole time she has some big, deep insecurity that she's not a good kisser. So she's been using excuses along the way. That's I don't what I'm know. Saying. We're just getting so many talking. I know. Like about. Never have we speculated. Distant. Yeah. So hard. Like so much. I know. Her cousin and his wife clearly don't like this. Like both sides oh, are a little. Like, that was oh. my favorite part. When yeah. they were the. The. Her cousin was like, um, Shaq needs to decide if she's not a good kisser. She needs right. to give him that opportunity. Give him the and I'm like, to decide Absolutely. That. Yeah. So she's telling uh, his friends like how patient he's been with her. And then he's telling her cousin, am I being too patient with her? You know, like, should I be trying to speed it up sometimes or like come on to her more or I didn't feel like there was other than just validating him, which I'm sure he needed. And I'm sure feels really good coming from the other person's side of things, you know, but I didn't feel like they gave them any like Kirsten specific. This is what she needs. It was just like, let the chemistry build. So yeah, no, no like big nuggets of wisdom here. Yeah. And then his friends say, well, like, are you warming up to him? And she says, yes. And then they say, what are you thinking about decision day? And she says, oh, I'm not thinking about decision day at all. I And they're like, well, what would you do like right now? And she just says, I don't know. And then it was weird. Like she all of a sudden she she was like, I don't know. I don't know. And she looked down like a little girl and she just stayed in that position. Like she was sheepish and embarrassed. So then I, you know. Yeah, that's then that goes. No, the not kissing is simple. It's not actually that confusing. She's just trying to confuse us. She's not into him, you know, but I don't know. There's a desire to always want. To like boil it all down to like it's this or this person's the good guy and this person's the bad guy or uh, this is the big thing standing in their way. And like, I think like the most annoying thing that makes us talk for so long is because there's too many sides to all of these things. Yeah. And it's, it's rare that you really get a black and white, 100% like this person, this person's in the right, this person's in the wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't fucking know with them, but I yeah. like them. I, I continue to love like the idea of who they could be and these little slivers that I get to see of them. I just, yeah. I, I feel like they're, there's a lot of potential. There's too much possibility that Kirsten like hides a lot of her truths. Yeah. And so that's the thing that I just am holding my breath for. I agree. I just want to see more. I want to see more. Yeah. Should we move on to Nicole and Chris? Indeed. I was getting triggered watching Nicole um, <laughs> set up and decorate for this party. <laughs> Why? Because I just am seeing like boxes me? and boxes of Amazon orders. I am seeing things get strewn up on walls. Yeah, I've just it all was too real for me. <laughs> What's wrong with that? It's not wrong. It just it just uh, it reminds you of stressful times. Yes, yes. Mm. It reminds me of stressful times. Of party setups. Yep. 
Yeah, over under on how much was spent for decor on this party. Uh, I'm going to set it at 150. Oh, definitely. Over. If not 125. I mean, yeah, she's a girl after my own heart. Yeah. If you're going to have a party, like, go all in. Get the decor. Yeah. Put it everywhere. Buy the shirts. You know? Okay. That's another thing. <laughs> Ugh, I'm so bummed. Okay, so Nicole's on after party. Yeah. So she gets some shirts. This whole thing is handled it's... 50 times better than the, our last shirt gifting. Shirt gate with Sh- Mitch and <laughs> with With the whole San Diego crew, actually. Yeah. I'm obsessed with this shirt. It's cute. And I, I felt I like totally rock this Nicole shirt. was overcompensating in this moment. And in I was going to ask for this, the, you know, if she doesn't want them, she can send them to me. But she gave them to friends. <laughs> she gave them away. I felt like she was getting a little too in her head about this one. And I guess I appreciate at the end of the day, it's safer. And ultimately, like, you can't go wrong with how considerate she was being. I just think it was like she's giving all of these little things a little too much weight. Then okay, they need that leads me to my big overall theme with these two right now. Okay. Do are we making too much of this whole bully appeasement kind of situation that we're in? Because I'm wondering if we are It's getting a little overharped, I think. I'm I'm wondering if we're prematurely creating issues. Yes. I think there's a very hard, delicate balance between Getting out in front of things. I have that some self awareness. Yeah, and I like can be this getting way. out in front, and then also like everything's going too well right now. Are we harping on this too much? What's your take on all? Because that was so. so much of the focus. Well, because I felt like her friends were going that. a little overboard with the jokey comments, and she are, and I just feel like okay, friends, let's get a couple things straight here. You've also acknowledged that Nicole has been with multiple people who like didn't fucking deserve her and didn't treat her as she deserved to be treated. And and sometimes you have guys who are like gaslighty dudes who don't validate your feelings and tell you that you're too much. If those are the guys that have made Nicole have this like um label or pathology in her head of herself that like I can be too much, then why are we giving that so much credence? Yeah. Because those were assholes that set that decided that that's what that was. Yeah. Because I, all I'm seeing is someone who's really comfortable in who she is and thoughtfully communicative to the point where sometimes I think she goes so above and beyond in ways that I don't think she needs to. Yeah. And I think that like when the friends were saying stuff to Chris, like, it does, you can tell it gives him pause. Like, wait, what am I missing here? Like, yeah, she she is expressive. Yeah. But like, I like that. What am I missing? Why are you? And I'm sort of like friends. It's okay. Like, if she will acknowledge that, like, she knows she has thoughts on a lot of things and sometimes that can be perceived as overbearing, case in point, someone like Dominique. But of course, I view that as that was Dominique's misinterpretation. That wasn't Nicole actually doing anything wrong. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like she's just always getting her apologies in in case like someone thinks she's too much. And I guess I uh, understand that. Yeah. Because I feel like I can be that way. Mm -hmm. And honestly, even watching her and making these notes is making me reflect on like how much you can 
overcompensate for fear of um I mean it's always good to be considerate. That's not my issue. But yeah. So I yeah, just I mean, wonder. I I think you make a great point because also with how much she's already said, I'm afraid that I'm this, I'm afraid that I'm that. Please tell me if I'm blah, blah, blah. Plus the friends being like, we're gonna teach you how to not let her bully you. Yeah. Like, really? Bully yeah. you guys? Like Well, that that's what I mean. It just seems like, okay, I think she's done a great but job. But they think it's funny. Yeah. I think she's done a great job of creating the space for Chris to voice if he doesn't feel want to do something. Yeah. Now, why don't we just wait and see what happens? Right. Wait for a scenario to arise. And then we can address it how it needs to be addressed. Yeah. Like, I think we're a little we're like a little out in front of our skis here. Yeah. With with this, like you've laid the groundwork. Now let's pull back. If there's a situation that arises where you, he feels like you're stepping all over him or he shuts down, then we can talk about it there. But right. like it hasn't really been happening. And and like try and have some trust in him. I mean, hello. He had no problem last week calling all the shots about what's happening with the leases and stuff. Like, I, you know, exactly. like I agree. I think she has. They've both created a safe space for each other. and. I mean, they're both operating from a place of wanting to be putting each other's first. So, like, that's a good place to be coming from. Uh, But, yeah, I do feel like sometimes it's a little, um, like, I just felt like the friend was, like, needling him. Like, oh, come on, you've got to have something that you find that she's been too much on. And I was like, friend, you also admit the next sentence that she's not used to being treated well. Yeah. So, like, dub T. And that was the only other like observation that I had was, um, you know, she basically shares that he is so nice and so sweet and so all of the things that she's always had on her list of what she thinks she deserves and should have. Now she has it and she's terrified that he's being disingenuous. About yeah. It. That like, how am I going to know? She's ter- Obviously it's coming from some core wound of like, I don't think I fully deserve this. So it's constantly like, wait, did he really mean that? Or is he just trying to make me feel good? Yeah. Because she's also been told that he can be a pleaser, a people pleaser. So it's like, she's trying to do a little too much investigating, but she's acknowledging that like, she has the self-awareness around it to know that like, oh, I'm probably reacting this way because of my past. And she's like, everything is amazing. And I think that I'm so scared that like the other shoe is going to drop that I'm over. Um, panicking about like yeah. hypotheticals, you know? So I hope that that doesn't like start gripping everything. But I have to say, very concerned seeing the preview for next week. Oh, yeah. Remind me because what happened. Is that real? Where he brings up. Oh, yes. Her thickness. Yes. And I'm like, Please tell me they're fucking with us. And it's like he's retelling the Clinton Gina story and how it like affected her. But it, it didn't was, sound that, good. I will say that the way that that was edited did seem they more might on be the trying sus- to trick us. Side, but. but I will maybe lose my mind if that's where we go. And then I'll lose my mind more if like Math's online community like Reese defends that Reese and acts like fire. that's completely normal because I'm just like, it's not. Was there anything else with them? 
Oh, they admitted they had sex with everyone. Yes. Oh, we get well, more. <laughs> they admitted to everyone that they had sex. Yes. Uh, which everyone was very excited for them. And we get more talk of back injuries we don't need to get into. <laughs> I did love, though, that she, she flipped it. She turned it around. Yeah. She's like, actually, I blew out Chris's back, Eris. <laughs> stop. <laughs> that was pretty stop. funny. She was on After Party, but she was really just like supporting the other women. Yeah. So. <sighs> the previews made next week look really scary between whatever Chris is saying and Nicole. And like Clint's got a kid on the loose. Oh my God. Clint got a girl pregnant. There's something with Kirsten and Shaq and something sex related or something. Yeah. Attraction. I don't know. Just issues. Clearly we don't, I didn't write enough good notes about it, but it looks like it's going to be explosive people. I think so. Are you ready for my rebranded power rankings? I think so. All right. So power <laughs> rankings, a little bit of a shakeup. We're going to try this method out and see how it goes. Okay. Tier one is my contenders. Okay. These are people that truly look like we might be going all the way. Contenders okay. this season are Nicole and Chris. Mm-hmm. And Kirsten and Shaquille. Okay. Okay. The next stage, my pretenders. <laughs> okay. This is Gina and Clint. Okay. Okay, we're making progress, not fully buying it yet. Okay. Okay. Start packing your bags category uh -huh. is Jasmine and Eris. Uh huh. And finally, the get off my TV category is Dom and McKinley. <laughs> okay, so it's the rankings, but we've split them up into tiers because they don't, it's too much to, yeah, okay, I like this. I like that. You okay with this? So it's contenders, pretenders, and pack your bags. Start packing your bags. <laughs> and the get off my TV, I may or may not use week to week. Okay. It's a wild card. It's a wild card. Okay. Right now, Dom and Mac, I want them off my TV. Yeah. So Fair. We'll see. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, this was a jam-packed week. And I would love, I mean, we dropped a lot of opinions and thoughts. So I would love to know what you guys all think of that. So get on Instagram or TikTok. I'll be honest, most of our like engagement and most frequent posting is on Instagram, but uh find us on both cuz we're on both at till death do us recap. If you want to make a contribution to the pod, are you listening week to week? Are you enjoying what you're hearing? We put hours and hours every week to produce this and make this happen. So, contributions are majorly appreciated you can go into our show notes to our buy me a coffee link and make a contribution there and have wonderful weekends Absolutely. we will talk next week after a juicy episode bye bye, bye.